This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Damian Bulwa, Managing Editor of the San Francisco Chronicle. Today on Fifth and Mission, wine country burns again. Three years ago, fires tore through the North Bay. Dozens of people died and whole neighborhoods were engulfed. Was it a once-in-a-lifetime event? Yes, but now it's becoming almost routine. Active fires this week are again destroying homes and businesses, as well as resorts and wineries in Napa and Sonoma County. To get us up to speed, I'm going to talk to three reporters. Megan Cassidy, who spent part of her day in Santa Rosa, Dustin Gardner, who calls in from St. Helena, and our wine writer, Esther Mobley, who joins me to talk about an industry that's taken more big hits. First up is Megan Cassidy. Megan, thanks for calling in. First of all, you went earlier to the Santa Rosa neighborhood of Skyhawk, which took some of the worst damage uh, overnight into Monday morning. Um, What did you see there? Largely, I would say it did okay. Um, Most of the subdivision that I went in was, was still standing. Um, I think that it's a testament to the fire crews here who have tragically done this over and over again. I think that they have a really well-oiled response, Uh, but there still was considerable damage. Uh, I counted about nine or 10 homes that were completely destroyed by the time I got there. Uh, That was by maybe 7.30, uh, I'm sorry, 6.30, 7 a.m., and they were still mopping up some hot spots at that time. So we know that Skyhawk, this is a neighborhood on the east side of Santa Rosa, near Rincon Valley. It also was a neighborhood where a lot of people after the 2017 Wine Country fires moved because their homes had been destroyed in the Fountain Grove neighborhood. So it must be just devastating. I'm wondering sort of what the scene was like. Obviously, residents probably weren't back there, but I imagine there were there were firefighters. Were the were the homes still burning? There were a few homes still burning. Uh, most were just smoldering by the time I was there, and uh, firefighters just trying to douse some hot spots. Uh, but yes, you're right. I, I didn't see any neighbors here lingering around. Um, uh, my interpretation is that the fact that uh, so many people in Sonoma and also in Napa counties have been through these evacuation orders before, I, I think yeah, most people are evacuating when they're told to and well in advance if they can. Earlier, you went to a couple of evacuation centers where people from neighborhoods like this and from all around are going. And tell me about that. I mean, what is it like to talk to people in an area like Santa Rosa where they've been through so much in the last four years? Right. Well, I mean, one thing that was kind of striking to me is that this time around, I was not hearing these just harrowing tales of people driving through walls of flames like you like you would hear in the wine country fires from 2017 or from Paradise or even earlier this year with the lightning fires. Uh, what I was hearing more of today is just this sense of this huge nuisance that they have to go through over and over again. Uh, there was a man that I talked to who was just annoyed that his car battery had died and he was baking in the heat. Um, 
uh, another couple, uh, his, the husband couldn't remember if it was their fourth or their fifth time evacuating. Um, everyone I talked to already had it to go bag packed. Uh, there, there was no waiting around. Um, there was one woman whose story I found particularly tragic. Uh, she was already homeless, living in an RV in Santa Rosa. Uh, somebody came banging on her window to evacuate around 1130 PM last night. Um, her RV was broken down though, so she had to walk and then hitchhike to the evacuation center. Uh, the only thing is she had time to grab her dog's urn, the dog she has now, and, and her dog's blanket. Back to where you where you have now returned up in these hills. Can you sort of describe what that's like? These are uh, remote kind of mountain roadways, right, um, where people live pretty high up above Santa Rosa. Right. Yes. Uh, the few homes that I've seen on on these um, pretty remote stretches of road, uh, there have been fire trucks in uh, in a lot of the driveways, if not all on the, on the road that I was just on. Um, there are there are still a couple people hanging out. Uh, there was a stable manager that I saw who was going to be there until he absolutely couldn't be there anymore. Um, but just about a mile up the road, which is, um, St. Helena, uh, it was, it was just impassable with the smoke. Uh, the fire had, had jumped the road, um, trees glittering on both sides. Um, I, I turned around, I saw later a cop that car that had even turned around. Uh, they said that they just didn't want to have to get rescued themselves. So it, it, it's pretty hairy up there. All right. Well, Megan, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. And uh, get back to work, but please be safe out there. Let's take a quick break. But before we go, I want to play you a clip from our reporter, Matthias Gaffney. He was covering the Shady Fire early Monday morning when he came across a homeowner named Patrick Ryan near Oakmont in Sonoma County. Ryan was staying behind after his family evacuated, but he was just about ready to go after firefighters abandoned the area. He's got a new state nickname for California. About ready to bounce, so it is what it is. You doing okay? I'm doing great, you know, as far as it is, like what it it is what it is. Like I, this is how we live in California now. I mean, it's the, it's the charcoal state, not the sunshine state anymore, right? I believe it's called the charcoal state. We'll be right back after a short break. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bulwa, and we're talking about the wildfires that are doing damage in the North Bay this week. Next up, I'm joined by Dustin Gardner. It's late Monday, Dustin. You are along the Silverado Trail, correct, in Napa Valley, where a lot of the damage has occurred. Yeah, that's right. Um, the damage in this area really has been devastating. Um, this, the Silverado Trail is kind of one of the main drags in Napa. There's a lot of wineries, beds and bed and breakfast, big resorts here. 
and just a lot of really iconic places have been burned. Wineries have been around for decades and decades, resorts that have been around for decades. Um, and the fire really got close to the edge of St. Helena town here. Um, dozens of homes are gone. Just a really devastating scene overall. Yeah, I mean, what's it like? Like, who is there? How many firefighters are there? Uh, what's going on on the properties of these resorts and wineries? There's um, easily hundreds of fire engines here. Um, definitely several um, se- several thousand firefighters are in this general area. Um, and, you know, what we're seeing a lot of engines racing back and forth all day. There's a lot more air support that's been coming in um, later uh, Monday. The first, you know, day or so that w- there wasn't quite as much resources devoted to this area. We're seeing a lot more coming in. Um, and we're seeing a lot of people in town. They haven't been allowed to return to their homes yet. So people are waiting, um, you know, closer to downtown St. Helena for the uh, for the order where they can go back and see what's left standing. A lot of people that I'm talking to, they just don't even know because they haven't been uh, past the fire line. They don't even know um, if their homes are still standing at this point. I understand you were on the property of this famous resort, Meadowwood, that has a restaurant, three Michelin star restaurant, during the firefight. What was that like? It was a really harrowing scene. Um, I went there late uh, Monday afternoon, just kind of as, as things were really ramping up, as firefighters were trying to save this resort. There were more than a dozen engines on site. And this, just to kind of give people an idea, this is a sprawling resort tucked into the forest um, up, up a canyon um, from, from the Napa Valley, sort of um, up, up the road from many historic vineyards. And this, it's a really spread out scene and firefighters were all around this resort trying to save different buildings. Many of the major buildings had not burnt when I was there, but then later we saw um, other media had posted pictures of one of the main buildings that um, housed this famous restaurant, uh, a restaurant that's really well known because it serves a lot of locally sourced foods from this region and very, very highly rated. That restaurant appears to have burned from what we can tell. We're still um, trying to confirm the extent of the damage with the resort representatives. And, you know, as I was saying, the scene was very harrowing. The, the tennis courts were on fire. The fences around the tennis courts were burning. Fire engines were, were draining water out of the resort pool. They were, um, you know, sucking the pools down so they could have enough water to fight these flames. Are you running into people out there, Dustin? Are there homeowners? Um, or is there anyone that stayed behind and, and defied the evacuation orders? Yeah, so I got here late uh, Sunday night. I got here around 11 p.m. Sunday night. And, you know, a lot of the homes right in, in the foothills where the fires have been hitting most severely, those areas were evacuated earlier Sunday morning or Saturday. So people who were, you know, right um, in, in the the I guess the the fire line. A lot of them had already left, but there were people who were sort of along the periphery, um, people who lived just on the other side of Silverado Trail, um, this main drag that kind of separates the foothills from St. Helena. A lot of neighborhoods around there, people had decided to stick it out. And I, you know, I talked to a group of them um, that were on Lodi Lane um, late last night, and they were sitting around in the driveway, sipping beers um, in lawn chairs, and they they had their cars loaded up, and they were 
just basically debating at what point should they leave and you know they they'd never seen anything like this uh, you know they'd been through many fires but nothing like the scene that they saw Sunday night and it was just remarkable being in St. Helena you could see on the ridges all around town on the east and the west there were gigantic infernos coming down the hills toward town and people here were just kind of sitting and waiting and even though even though they were in town they were waiting with their cars loaded thinking they might have to leave because the situation was that bad and there were also others who had decided that they were going to stay and try to put out any embers that blew into their neighborhoods and I talked to people that actually you know lived a mile or more from the fire line but they had little fires start in fields near their homes or on their lawns because the embers were just blowing that far that the fire was getting carried very long distances. Obviously, though, Dustin, not recommended to stay in that circumstance, right? No, definitely not. I mean, authorities really have been stressing that people need to leave in these areas, and especially given the unpredictable nature of these fires. Uh, I was talking to a fire captain who was saying they had 50 mile per hour winds they were battling that were, were constantly shifting in different directions. And in a situation like that, once you're given the order to leave, they, they, they say take it seriously because you really can't judge how quickly a fire is going to change direction and how quickly it could move. Dustin, thanks. I know you want to get back to work, but uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Next up, I'm joined by Esther Mobley. She's our wine writer. Esther, we are talking late Monday, and already the damage to the wine industry has been more so even than the 2017 wine country fires, right? Yeah, it seems like it. I mean, we're, we still don't know where this is going, um, but now on the second day of the glass fire that's in Napa and Sonoma counties, there's a whole complex fire now, um, it's not looking good. And uh, already a number, more wineries have been um, damaged or even destroyed than uh, in 2017, it seems like. And we're talking about this really kind of storied area, right? The Silverado Trail, east side of Napa Valley, heading up toward Calistoga. What do you know so far from reporting and talking to winery owners? So late last night, excuse me, late Sunday night, we learned that Chateau Boswell, which is a, a really storied um, winery that's been around since the 70s on the Silverado Trail, um, was basically completely destroyed. The The stone facade of the winery remains, but everything inside, including vintages of the wine dating back to 1979, are gone. Um, that's what the owner, Susan Boswell, told me. Um, a number of other wineries have sustained varying degrees of damage. Um, our our team was at Fairwinds Estate in Calistoga, and um, there was almost nothing left there. Castello di Amorosa, the famous castle winery that is modeled after a medieval Italian castle, um, their farmhouse burned, so not the main castle that that people know, but um, this building that burned contained all of their bottled wine inventory, plus a number of offices and other types of equipment. Um, Toffinelli, a vineyard uh, in Calistoga that's been in this one Italian-American family um, since the early 20th century. They lost their 120-year-old barn, a family home. Uh, there's been some damage uh, at Newton Vineyard, which is um, a uh, Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy owned property at the base of Spring Mountain, though, again, we don't know the full um, extent of the damage there. And there's reports that we're still working to confirm about a number of others. 
Wow. Okay, you mentioned um, wineries losing their whole stock, their library of wines going back for decades. Why is that important to 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 wineries? Well, wines, yeah, wineries refer to their libraries, and uh, they really are to me like uh, libraries that contain books. They're the keepers of the records. They tell the story of the history of this place, and of course, wine has this incredible ability to still convey um, the flavors of its particular year decades or in some cases even centuries after it was made. And uh, every winery holds back some amount of their wine just as a kind of record to keep through the years. And they don't sell every last single bottle. And for a winery like Chateau Boswell, whose founder, R.T. Boswell, died in 2014, these early vintages of his wine are a kind of memento of him and all that he built. And um, for those to be lost, I think is, it's a loss of more than just some business inventory. It's also a loss of some family history. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit. I, I don't know if you were with us at the time. I think this is a little before your time, but there was a big wine storage facility Mare on Mare Island, Island in yeah. Vallejo, uh, burned up by an arsonist. And so many wineries were storing stuff there that they all kind of lost their libraries in one fire. Yeah, well, and some wineries just lost every, yeah, I, I mean, that was a devastating and and cruel uh, event, yeah, that affected a, certainly a lot of um, wineries. There was a great book about that later written by Francis Dinkelspiel. <laughs> yes, there was. Yes, there was. Esther, what um, what does it mean for these wineries? This is not the first kind of bad news for them. It's been a nightmare um, between the smoke and the fires and the coronavirus. Um, have they been resilient? Um, what are the wineries going through in general? Well, um, it's just kind of unfathomable what uh, they've had to endure not only this year, but the last several years. Of course, there were the huge wine country fires in Napa and Sonoma counties in 2017. And um, the wine industry has been really resilient. They've they've bounced back, although um, a few wine country businesses went out of business after those fires and cited those as one reason that they had. But um, if you had gone through Napa Valley or uh, Sonoma County several months after the 2017 fires, you know, you would have seen it being its same beautiful, wonderful, vibrant self. Uh, I think 2020, though, is really pushing people to the brink and testing how far um, their limits really are. In addition to the huge financial blow of COVID-19, they've already had a lot of wildfires in wine country this season. Even in Napa and Sonoma counties, we had the Hennessy fire that became part of the LNU lightning complex that started in August. And that uh, did major damage to wineries and vineyards in eastern Napa County, um, and then went into Vacaville. So, uh, and, and on top of that, because of that, and because of all the wildfires we've already had this season, the wine industry throughout California is dealing with an unprecedented smoke event. Um, wildfire smoke can completely ruin wine grapes. And many vintners are saying, in fact, um, all or most of their crop in 2020 has been ruined by smoke already. So to have that going on and then to suddenly be dealing with catastrophic wildfires on an entirely new level um, as of Sunday is really um, 
really awful. All right, Esther. Well, thanks for joining us. I know you're going to be covering the wildfires and the damage to the wine industry and the tourism industry in Napa all week. Uh, We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Damien. Thanks to my guests today, reporters Megan Cassidy, Dustin Gardner, and Esther Mobley. To King Kaufman for producing this episode. And thank you for listening. 